So today's guest is Michelle Harthill. Michelle is the founder and CEO of Harthill Marketing Services, a full service marketing agency for over 20 years, and also Michelle.com, which is an online marketplace of organic products by women inspired brands, which launched in June, 2020. I just love Michelle's enthusiasm for building relationships and supporting other women. In our interview, you're going to hear how being really relationship and service centric has been the foundation of her success. You're listening to The Inspired Way, stories of everyday heroines, real life inspiration. I'm your host, transformational coach and connection catalyst, CJ Rivard. Join me weekly to hear real life inspiration and tips for tackling your life's challenges. Each week you'll hear from a relatable woman who shares about her struggles and the tools she used to work through them. By being women of courageous action, vision, and ongoing evolution, each of us can create a ripple of positive impact and together we'll create a wave of change. Join us. All right. Well, welcome everyone. We have another exciting guest and interview planned. I can't wait for you to hear Michelle's story. Michelle Harthill is our guest today and welcome Michelle. Thanks for making the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So why don't you tell us first where you are calling in from and if there's a little tidbit you'd like to share that we wouldn't read on your bio. Okay, I'm calling in from Orange County, California. I've been here for about 10 years. I just turned 50 on Saturday, so that's the milestone, right? Thank you. I've got two grown kids, 18 and 20, two boys, and a pit bull who I rescued from East Los Angeles about nine years ago. I started my first company at the age of 26, Hard Hill Marketing Services which is a full-service marketing agency. And I've worked, 90% of my clientele are globally known CPG companies, such as Pepsi, Gatorade, Quaker, Kraft Heinz, Johnson & Johnson, Kimberly Clark. So within that space, most of my business is with grocery retailers. I do a lot of work with the military channel, which have commissary stores, which is like a glorified grocery store. Yep. And then most recently, in June of 2020, I launched my second business, which is Michelle, a spinoff my name, which my older son and his kids, or friends, I'm sorry, not his kids, his friends named that business because they would walk in the door from high school and scream, Michelle, we're here. So that's how the spinoff my name came for my second business, Michelle.com. I love it. Michelle. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. So before we really dig into where you are now, can you take us back? I know you had a a little bit of a challenge growing up, and I think that was kind of formative in how you move forward and what you've done since. So can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? I certainly will. So yes, my childhood was an interesting one. I, my father was an alcoholic. He loved a good time. He loved to party. My mother was the complete opposite of him. She was very 
quiet and reserved, didn't drink, didn't smoke. And my dad did everything completely opposite of what she didn't do. From as far back as I, I can remember as a little bitty girl, they were always in non-agreement with one another. My dad was very physically and mentally abusive. So I became at a very young age, my mother's protector. And then later on, it became my mother and my sister's protector because my dad adored me as his daughter. And so he would never harm me, but he would try, he would harm my mother. So as far back as I can remember, I was the protector of my mother, which encouraged me to grow up relatively fast, just from a mentality perspective, especially when my little sister came into the picture, because if my mother wasn't sitting in her room crying because my father would disappear for weeks and months because he was, in addition to being a party or a womanizer, I found myself taking care of them. And I found myself taking care of my father just as much because at the age of two, three, I'd say more two, two and a half, in order to spend time with my dad, my mother would drop me off at whatever local bar he was hanging out in on that given night. So I grew up in that environment. I grew up from the age of two on in an environment where there was lots of different personalities and they weren't all bad. I didn't really realize this though until around the age of 12 when my dad purchased his own tavern. And it was just a little local place in the middle of South St. Louis, Missouri. But what I found was that because my dad had more of an interest in drinking and partying and doing his thing, that I kind of swooped in because I already had that mentality of taking care of of him and my mother. And I started running the bar for him. Now, he would be on site. 99% of the time he was on site. He would sit in the bar and he would drink and have a good time with his friends. While I started out with just kind of bartending and interacting with his bar staff. But then by the age of 13, I took care of inventory and orders. I managed the bar, the bartenders. I managed the money. He was drinking his profits. So most time I would have to hide profits so that he would think we weren't making any money, which benefited him when he became older and sick because my grandmother and I went when I was about 14 and opened an account for him. So when he got ill at the age of 65 and literally had nothing, we said, here's this account that has this money in it for you that he didn't even know existed. (laughs) Incredible. Such a young age to be taking care of everyone and running a bar. That's Yeah, but you know, it was interesting is at that time, I didn't, I didn't view it like that. I saw it as I get to hang out with my dad. He's got a lot of cool friends. They had a lot of very interesting stories. I was surrounded by lots of different personalities. And I was just absorbing all of it, which led me down the the path of when I did become a young entrepreneur, even though I was super naive about being an entrepreneur, I knew how to interact with people and build relationships. So critical. So critical. And it's so funny too, because I feel like so many business owners and leaders just feel pressured to focus on the results, but it's really the relationships that we're building that 
that make it all happen. You know, you Absolutely. have to. So no yes. wonder you flourished with those people skills you developed in the bar all those years. Yeah, you know, it was it was fun. It, that lasted until I was about 17. And then he sold it and I went on to do other things. But the relationships that we had and that he had never really went away until obviously years later as these people started dying. So a lot of these people became my an extension of my family. And it was very interesting to be, again, at the time I didn't realize it, but I would be surrounded by women who were also being beaten by their husbands. And one woman spent some time in prison because she killed her husband. And I remember she shared the story with me when I was like 14 years old. And again, at the time, I just kind of took it all in because she was a super, super humble woman. I mean, the, the most humble woman you'd ever want to meet. So when you looked at her, you were never intimidated by her or scared of her. But in the 80s, because this was the 80s era, it's amazing how much wisdom women have developed over the decades. Because in the 80s, it was like that was going on all around me. And maybe it was the city that I lived in and the environment that I was brought up in. But no one ever really thought much of it. It was just what happened, yeah. you know, to where today or even 10 years ago, you know, that's, it's kind of, un. then it was the unspoken. Now it's the right. spoken. Right. So it's interesting to see how things have developed yeah. with regards to just women overall, you know? Right. Well, they still have to, I mean, I think that they have to be willing to to speak about it, but Absolutely. but yeah, at least everyone knows there's help out there now if they're right at the point where they're they're ready to ask for it and get it. So, what made you launch your own business and a second business when you had a thriving first business? Like, take us down that evolution, I guess, to sure. where. So what led me to launch Hard Hill Marketing Services at the age of 26 was I was working for an ad agency in St. Louis. I was managing the ConAgra Foods military sales business. And I quickly discovered within like six months of working for this agency and being on this account that the agency was taking advantage of my client. They were stealing money from ConAgra, meaning they were charging them, billing them back for things that they should not have ever paid for, like the electric bill, the parking fees to the owner of the building. Wow. So that didn't sit very well with me because I experienced a lot of thieves and liars at a very young age, and I didn't really have... I didn't like them very much. So knowing that I'm now, now working for this very immoral, unethical person and in this environment made me very uncomfortable. So I built a rapport and relationship with my ConAgra Foods team. As a matter of fact, there were five clients. One was a woman. Her name is Joyce. She had been with ConAgra, so it started at a very young age with this corporation. And she was one of very few women with this multi-billion dollar CPG corporation, even at that time. She started in her 20s in the mid-60s. So now we're in the early 90s. So she'd been there quite some time. 
-hmm. and it built a lot of rapport with this corporation. So she took me under her wing and she said, I'm going to teach you a lot about this business and about being a woman in business and stick with me. And I did, even though the entire team was amazing. I mean, the men and Joyce, they were all amazing, just good people, very good people. Well, enough got to be enough. And I decided to start hard. I, I prayed about it. I thought about it. I prayed about it. And I was told, do your thing. Go off on your own. You're going to be fine. I spoke to Joyce about it. She said, put a proposal in front of us. We'll consider it. So I left the agency, put a proposal in front of ConAgra. And two weeks later, they were my first client. You were in business. And I was in business. And I honestly, I was very transparent with all of them when I said, what I don't know, I'll learn quickly. What resources you need, I will find them. I will never tell you no. And when I or anyone from my team makes a mistake, we are going to own it and fix it. And my direct client who made the decisions, his name is Mike, he said, we know that's why we're giving you this business. Yeah. So I had that piece of business for 18 years and wouldn't have lost it if the new CEO wouldn't have came in and slashed all the marketing budgets across all of his retailers. That's the only reason yeah. uh, they left me. But by that time, my, all my clients were retiring as well. So that entire team was turning over. Right. So within three years after developing the agency, we quickly started working with Gatorade, Tropicana, and Quaker. We worked with Smithfield Foods. I mean, we just continued to grow very, very fast. Very so fast. Please, let me ask you, because obviously there is a skill set there after you, you had the one client who you knew, but then getting all of those additional big names. What do you think about your, I mean, was there any, fear there or thought that, you know, who am I to have this marketing agency and go after all of these big companies as clients? I mean, tell us, that's a lot of self-belief, I yeah. think, as well as skill. Obviously, you were good at what you did, but for, I mean, you must have, I think you were still maybe in your late 20s at that point. That's a lot of gumption, I think. Yeah. You know, interestingly enough, when I started Hard Home Marketing Services, I didn't call myself an entrepreneur. I didn't call myself an entrepreneur, honestly, until about maybe five years ago. I called myself a people person and a sales and marketing expert. That's what I called myself. And honestly, the sales piece of it it really came from understanding the needs that my clients had and me being resourceful enough, as I said to ConAgra when I first took them on, what I don't know, I will figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly what I've always done. So I think it's been more about listening and understanding and with that, creating a strategy to fulfill those needs. Now, did I understand the scope of marketing and advertising when I, when I launched the agency? I did, but I more so understood the scope of the fact that these businesses had a need and I knew how to fulfill that need. And with that, I really embedded myself to become a part of their team and of their culture. 
you know, I knew how PepsiCo operated as a company. I could walk their walk and talk their talk. And I knew exactly with that, how to then fulfill the needs mm-hmm. and be a part of the mix of, of their sales and marketing strategies. Same with ConAgra, same with Smithfield, the list goes on. So I think it was really at that time, and it's really, it still is, it was really about listening and understanding what, where the needs were mm-hmm. and building those relationships. Yeah. That's great. Well, you, yeah, you definitely, it seems like kind of intuitively knew how to do that. And you went with your gut and you, right. you delivered, you listened and you delivered. Um, so why with such a successful agency, what caused you to consider branching out and start this new endeavor in, in, uh, 2020? So around 2017, I moved back to Southern California and my agency was doing a 360. As I mentioned, ConAgra Foods had a new leadership team. They were slashing budgets. The military channel as a whole was, wasn't doing as well in sales as it used to. So across the board, all of my clients were seeing budget cuts or restraints. Not to mention the fact I'm in a brand new city and I knew it was the, my opportunity to network and meet new people. Mm-hmm. So I joined in a networking company called Network of Executive Women, and they had a Southern California branch. I quickly kind of embedded myself with them and I became very close friends with one lady. Her name is Sabrina Pierce. She had just launched a sales broker agency and she was focused on, she had a Frito-Lay background. So she, she knew retail very well. She knew how to be a sales broker in, in that space, but her focus was to work with emerging brands more specifically emerging brands that were women-owned and Black-owned, so minority-owned overall. In addition, most of her emerging brands she was taking on as clients were in the naturals, organic, and eco-friendly space. Well, Mm -hmm. Hard Hill Marketing Services became her marketing arm. So we were the marketing arm of Navigator Sales. And as I, again, embedded myself in her brands, because again, I need to know know them to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk from a marketing perspective, I became a part of their culture and their team. And I was just in awe by their stories. The brand stories were amazing. I mean, these there, there was women that had created these products from their personal experiences or just the, the journey was very unique. It wasn't, I'd never heard of anything like this before. So as I'm brand building for these clients, I'm noticing consistently that customers finding them was very difficult. And keep in mind, in 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. the whole naturals category space was still relatively new to the masses. So I would start build brand building efforts for her clients And I would notice if they didn't have SEO set up, their websites wouldn't be found. If they weren't on social media consistently, they would be found through social media. If they weren't creating videos, no one would find them on YouTube. But they had these really, really cool products and this awesome story behind the products. That's what dot, dot, dot me into developing Michelle.com. 
because I thought I need to have one platform where I bring all these women-inspired, awesome brands that are natural, organic, and eco-friendly to one marketplace, to one location, so that when consumers are searching for organic pet foods or organic baby lotions or natural skincare or better for you eats and drinks, they know one spot to come to versus trying to find every single brand that was very hard to find. Right. Brilliant. So that's, that's, what, that's what led me to develop Michelle.com. I love it. So how many women do you work with in this marketplace? And what, so you started in 2020. We so did, yes. it's, it's not been too long. Well, no. yeah, year and a half since year you and a half. started. What difference has it made to some of the women that came on in the beginning? Are you seeing, you know, for them, it, it seems like they were all kind of smaller businesses that needed a lift. Right. Um, right. Tell us a little about that and the, the numbers and the types of brands and women you work with. Sure. Well, you know, my knowledge of IT and developing a website, much less a marketplace, was zero. <laughs> so back to that resourceful part of me, I just started doing my due diligence and research. And I, I know a lot about that space today and, and still learning, which is good. But before I could launch Michelle, I had to develop all of the IT schematics to bring all these brands to one place and then make it seamless for customers when they came to say, oh, there's a great variety. There's, it isn't just all beauty products or it isn't just all pet products. So there was a lot of moving parts in the beginning. And of course, COVID had just hit. So COVID hit in March of 2020 was honestly when I started kind of turning on the up the dial to start meat show because prior I'd been planning the business model for like two years prior to that, but I was so busy with my agency. Mm -hmm. So it that's when COVID was a blessing for me and my my brand partners. But nevertheless, I started reaching out one by one to these women-owned brands that I was had been watching on social media, more specifically Instagram. And I reached out to them and I said, this is what I'm doing and I want you to be a part of it. And so when we launched, we had about five, six brands as a part of the launch, obviously small. By August of 2020, we were up to about 15 and just growing very fast. By December of 2020, we were on a Shopify platform and it would not support my back end. So as a sidebar before I launched, I had to have a, what I call my seller's portal built so that the brand owners could control their stores within Michelle. Right. Create product pages, see their sales, ship their products, etc. Well, Shopify kept shutting me down. So we actually had to turn off Michelle.com in February while we were being rebuilt in WooCommerce. And then we relaunched in late April of 2021. So there was a little bit of a lull because I knew if I waited to do that as we continue to get bigger, 
it was going to be a lot more cumbersome to do. So we just did it as early as we possibly could. Today, we've got about 25 independent brands on Michelle. I've got a list of about 40 more because I do screen my applications pretty thoroughly. My brand partners need to obviously meet the criteria for ingredients, mm-hmm. which makes, makes sure that they follow the net natural, organic, and eco-friendly ingredient space. Packaging needs to be there. So what's nice about those that we I do on board is that they do have a very cool, unique brand story. But more importantly, we're doing this as a team. Because as women entrepreneurs, especially when you're new, you feel like you're overwhelmed and by yourself. Yep. So what I'm able to do is to say, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to support you. Not just because you're on Michelle.com, but because you're also a woman entrepreneur with a phenomenal product and an awesome brand story that I feel connected to and that I want to help you grow. So we're doing it as a team. And that's really the mission behind Michelle is for us as women entrepreneurs to come together, support one another, network as a group, collaborate, co-market one another, co-share, and grow our businesses. Most importantly, grow us personally and professionally as a team. That's great. So it's been a ton of fun. It really is a lot of fun. I mean, there's days I'm aggravated with IT stuff, but then I get unaggravated pretty quick when I when I see like my, you know, Alaska Glacier Essentials brand pop up on my side or on the back end. And I think about her brand story and I think, yep, this is this is really why I'm doing this. That's so great. I want to join, but I don't have a product. But that's okay. You can just send me the emails and you can stay engaged with all of our cool stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is such a great story. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing it with us. So what would you say if you had, you know, from this whole Michelle marketplace experience that you have built over the last year and a half, is there a some words of wisdom or, you know, something you've learned that you didn't know 10 or 20 years ago that you could share for, I don't know, any women looking to launch something new or, you know? Yeah. I think my best advice, and I did did not realize this at the age of 26, at least consciously I didn't, I think subconsciously I did, is Network, network, network. The bigger your circle can be, the better. However, keep your circle, your have a a close-knit circle, and then have your expanded circle. You know, my close-knit circle are the ones who we have each other's backs. And anytime something is needed, we will drop what we're doing to help that other person. My expanded circle includes us still having each other's backs, but it's not as immediate. Mm -hmm. So the more we can network and build our circle, the better, because I've learned more by the women. And it's not only been women, by the people Mm -hmm. in my circle, it's been women and men both. I've learned more about business from the people in my circle and, and I'm not talking them all being a mentor. I'm just talking about paying attention, listening. 
staying humble and building that relationship. Because honestly, to me, that's the key to success and and keep the faith. Never give up, consistently be listening, keep the faith and know that if you truly believe in the mission or your journey, it'll be just fine. It's going to work out, but you have to persist. You have to persist. And honestly, I mean, I mentioned Sabrina earlier. I've got a handful of others that I could pick up the phone right now and they would answer because that's how close we are with making sure that we're, we're building each other up consistently. And we need, humans need that. Men and women both need to be built up. We do. We need to be built up. You all have probably heard me talk about supportive relationships before. Yes. This is it. This yep. is this is the evidence. It's not a nice to have. No. You have to. We don't operate in bubbles. You no. And I'm not just talking about your customers or clients. You mm-hmm. have to have that support. And Absolutely. then we go further, you know, further faster because you have it. And yeah. And there's something to be said for always learning. Always, always learning. I mean. Like I said, my mind does not function well in the IT world, but I've learned it. I will never claim to know it well, but I've learned it enough to where if someone, if someone within my circle was to call me and say, my site's crashed, what do I do? I could say, okay, give me your login credentials and I'll take care of it for you. Wow. Because that's what we should do, right? So I think that that's really what, what it's all about. Yeah, for sure. And you don't just get to enjoy your success, but everyone around you, it's just such a good good feeling as you lift each other up. It really is. And really, really, it's, really what, it's what we're on this planet Earth to do regardless, whether we're in business for ourselves or if we're working for someone. Mm-hmm. We're on planet Earth to build each other up. We're here to, to serve. That's right. Yep. That's right. Well, Michelle, thank you. This has been such a great, inspiring conversation. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. And and thanks to our listeners for tuning in. There were some value bombs dropped. So I hope you uh, take a lot away with you today and make it a great day. If you're like most women, you have a big dream on your heart and really want to make a positive impact in the lives of others. But self-doubt, fear, or other limiting beliefs often get in your way. What many women don't realize is that the one thing that can catapult them forward is deepening their self-love and self-esteem. So I have a free ebook for you that's really going to help you in this area. It's called 30 Days to Deepen Self-Love, and you can download it at the link in our show notes. Enjoy.